0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Dangerous Rhetoric. This is episode 103. I'm Brent Lee. I'm Dan. And before we get started, please don't forget to like, comment, subscribe, share the show with your friends. It really helps. Um, And today we have. I forgot uh, to tell them to donate. Oh, yes. Give us money, too. If you want to. That always (laughs)
1: helps.
0: Today we have a very special guest, uh, Mr. Buck Angel. Buck is a um, writer, filmmaker. Um, and uh, the star of Entrepreneur has many interesting uh, items available on, <laughs> on his website. <laughs> and we're going to get into it today. Thank you so much, Buck, for joining us. Really appreciate
1: oh, it. Right on, right on, you guys. I appreciate you re- reaching out to me. I think we're going to have a really great conversation. So thank you. You forgot Tranpa. That's right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Tranpa is how I
2: think of, of, of Buck. Yeah, so <laughs> we, we've seen a, a couple of your appearances. I think you've been on Carrie. Smith's mm-hmm. show more than mm-hmm. once, right? Mm-hmm. Love Carrie, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And we're we're friends with Carrie. We love Excellent. her show. She likes to talk to a wide array of people. She's very open minded. And yeah, you know, I guess one of the things we can chat about just right off the bat from that is this newfound, I guess, embrace from certain more conservative political commentators mm-hmm. of someone like you and your voice in in yeah. the current discussion of of gender ideology and all that stuff and you're definitely not someone i would consider a conservative (laughs) but there's some common ground that's being found here in in this fight to protect kids so you know when did that sort of start for you this this trans we'll call that a transition well.
1: <laughs> i mean actually it's kind of an interesting transition i mean I, you know i'm i really consider myself a sort of a, a liberal thinker and a sort of i think classical liberal that's what what it's called you know yeah. just freedom of speech freedom of ways of living and all that kind of stuff so I never thought that I would be kind of connecting with the conservative space, Um, but I do on some level because of what I sort of speak about, which is most important people need to understand here is that, you know, i fight for the rights of kids not being transitioned. And it's I don't care what an adult does. So so I think really my talking points in this whole trans space is adults can do what they want. Many are making mistakes and that's a whole other conversation. But I think what happens is the conservative space and my space come together because we both care about the future of children. And so as an older transsexual who transitioned 30 years ago, I I, I just cannot even believe we're doing what we're doing. So that's the commonality that we sort of, you know, of course, all my other work and everything else I do, it's not something they actually (laughs) are okay with. But as you know, I'm a pornographer. And that being said, that's incredible that Fox News (laughs) would have me on their channel. So
2: I'm I'm all for it. You know, Carrie, you know, Christian and all of that stuff. But she's also, she's a very open-minded person and she likes to talk to, you know, all types of people and you don't always have to agree with someone's lifestyle to find sort of common ground. With That's them. right. But um, I know Brent wanted to take it back a little. We'll return to this for sure, sure. but sure. I think Brent wanted to go more into, like, your history.
0: Sure. Yeah. Um, where did you grow up? Uh, you know, how old were you mm-hmm. when you started to transition? And what were the sort of, like, feelings? Uh, what was the impetus for that, basically?
1: So, I am 60 and I grew up in uh, the San Fernando Valley in, in Los Angeles, California in the 60s and 70s. And, you know, I was a tomboy. I was 100% a tomboy. And we didn't talk about trans stuff back in the day. It was not even on anyone's lips. Like, thank God. I'll be honest with you. Thank God. I lived an, I had an awesome childhood, you guys. I did not suffer. I did not have anything of what these people are saying today. My parents are amazing and they treated me like a boy. And, you know, I got teased. Of course, I was a girl. Being a boy, and that's normal. All of the stuff happened to me. as normal stuff in it. But I would say in my sort of late teens, maybe going towards adulthood, you know, puberty and those kind of things happen. And I'm just not understanding myself. You know, I'm attracted to girls and I'm a girl, but I'm I want to be a man. And, you know, you can't have these conversations. So I did struggle. I'll be honest. I struggled for many years of my life all the way until my transition, which was 28. But but with that, you know, came drugs and alcohol and all kinds of stuff that, you know, you, I mean, it's amazing that I'm still here today. And um, it's important for people to know that people like myself do struggle, but we have so much more help today. I just wasn't around when I was. But here I am. So I want people to know that here I am. I don't want to make my struggle this sort of like bad thing on some level. I want it to be sort of my journey to get to where I am today.
2: Yeah, you had a post that you put up uh, last July, and it's a picture of you pre-transition, and you said, Mm -hmm. this is me before I transitioned to live my life male, a biological female. This Mm -hmm. person lives inside of me. She helps me navigate the world. I do not hate her. I found peace Mm -hmm. with her, but it was impossible to live like this. I cry as I write this. Have some Mm -hmm. compassion, please.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's it. That's my story in a nutshell. And, you know, I was a fashion model, a female fashion model for many years in the early 80s when androgyny was sort of like this new upcoming thing. So I've lived many lives, my friends, many lives.
2: Yeah. And, you know, we do have compassion. We've been accused of being transphobic and all this stuff because we have detransitioners on because we don't actually believe someone can change their sex. You know, you're making cosmetic (laughs) and chemical alterations to yourself to appear as the other sex. That that's what we're saying. But because we don't agree that, you know, trans men are men and trans women are women, we get labeled all of these things as if we're phobic. And it's it's not that, you know, we we definitely have compassion. We recognize yeah. that something like gender identity disorder or what they now call gender dysphoria, it exists. Yeah. Yeah. It's something that's probably incredibly difficult to deal with. I personally have no idea what that's like, right. but yeah. I would break bread with you any day. It's not a matter <laughs> of a phobic thing. It's just it's not. we need to be having these conversations because of what I brought up. Earlier, yeah, it's harming people for sure with this general affirm affirm approach with no pushback at all, not addressing that something else could be going on. That's right, and not addressing that people who are going through puberty all struggle with their identity, and most dysphoria (laughs) will desist from that over time or given time, you know.
1: Everything you said is the truth, and none of it is transphobic. And I'm telling you from an older transsexual person. And I have more lived experience than most of the people saying stuff out there to you. So whatever they say to you, who cares? They call me transphobic. That should just put a uh, that should put a a squash on that right there. (laughs) You wouldn't have me on the show, first off, if you are transphobic. Secondly, I wouldn't be on your show if you were transphobic. And thirdly, because you highlight detransitioners, I do too. And the reason why me and you have that commonality is because we see things that other people aren't willing to have the conversation about. And I don't care what people think about me and neither do you guys, because I think we have the commonality, which is to all of us to live healthy and and peaceful, but without putting children into a space that is not for them. Who's going to take responsibility for that? that? That's my ultimate question. Who will take responsibility for these young people who we know We know they're all detransitioning now, are going to live with things that they should never be. Who's going to be responsible for that?
2: Yeah. And, well, you mentioned something earlier, too. Adults are also making decisions that are turning out to be mistakes that they're regretting. Um, That's right. Part
1: of that is, yes, it's
2: a mistake. But I think also it has to do with the general affirm, affirm approach now when the approach used to be watchful waiting. So there are adults who I think are also being harmed. And even though they're not minors, they're being harmed. Every detrans person we spoke to on our show and we've had four on transitioned after they were minors. 19. Uh, I think Richie was like... 28. Yeah, 28. So Camille, yeah. I think, was around 19. She
0: was around... So I
2: want to say 22. Actually, yeah. She yeah. was a little yeah. older. She was like 22. Yeah. Um, Laura Becker was she 19. Was in, she was 19. Um, yeah, okay. And then we spoke to Shapeshifter, who I think was also yeah, she was in the 20s. In, around the 20s. Wait, 20s. Yeah. So this is not just affecting kids. It's no. It's affecting people. it's you know? affecting so right. like Men and women. And, you know, you'll have the radical feminist types who are trying to kind of um, paint the whole push back against this as like a feminist movement when it's not, you know, it's, it's harming boys as well. That's right. And that's this right. is like, literally, we're just standing up for reality,
1: like biological and reality. S- you know? <laughs> I, I mean, I am a biological female. I don't care what anybody says. This, <laughs> you can deny all your biology all you want, but there's no point in me denying it because that's the whole, <laughs> I what? mean, I feel like I'm talking to like in a cartoon. I <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, erase
2: <laughs> your transition too by trying to say that that's not the case. It's like, right. then are you even someone who's quote unquote trans? Because no. the point of being trans is you are trying to appear as the other, and you take these right. steps to transition to that. But that's if you just right. erase biological reality, then it's like your experience isn't your experience
1: anymore. Then you're not trans. Be yes. something else. Go over there and be something else. It's why I reclaim the word transsexual. Okay. Transsexual people are people who actually have a gender disorder. Right? They have a gender di- dysphoria. Dys- uh, uh, diagnosis. We get diagnosed from an actual real therapist, not this wing nutty stuff. And then we go through a medical transition to look like men and women. We, we, we are binary people who are, live, who are biologically male or female and want to live in the other sort of bio- sex space. It's real simple. There's, yeah. You can look at me and probably hopefully see a dude, but that's the whole point. But I, why would I deny my biology? Because my biology also matters for my health. When I go to the doctor, I can't pretend like I have a penis and yeah. I was born male because I have female reproductive in they my body. They need to know that. They Not need anymore. to know that. That's right.
2: And you do pass as a male. Like if I just saw you on the street, I would I would never have guessed
1: that you. Thank were biological you. Biological female. You. I
2: wouldn't. You know. You have great muscle tone, and thank you. The beard, the <laughs>
1: beard. You know, all the dudes are always like, "Dude, your beard is better than mine." I, have,
2: I know men who can't grow beards, <laughs> and you have a better beard than <laughs> them. <actually. laughs>
1: I mean, it's funny. You see, you see this. You see what we're doing here. We're having conversation. Yeah. We don't hate on each other. Are we and, it, and it, it is kind of funny that I have a better beard than a yeah. biological dude. I mean, that's hilarious. You know. Than a lot of them. <laughs> I mean, it's just so dumb that. So, I just want you to know that what I think is the younger generation, it, many of them are taking on this trans thing as an identity choice. I, this isn't my identity. This is an actual medical disorder that I have, and so that's the difference between a transsexual and, a, and this new age transgender movement. It's a movement. This wasn't a movement. This was a a space that I needed to help myself move forward in the world. Now I'm in the world, right? I, that that's the whole point. We want to fix our stuff, move back. And then be part of the world, and that's yeah. what I did.
2: Well, Sarah Higdon got temporarily suspended from Twitter for saying exactly what you just said. That I know that it it's was a, a mental, mental illness, disorder. And, it's weird. Know, that still, that's it's a, still yeah. to this
0: day kind of iffy. If you yeah. talk about you know transsexuality in a that's context right. of being a mental illness, Twitter right. people will still maliciously report, and you can have yeah. your account you know temporarily. You know they'll yeah. knock you off, and if you appeal it, they'll let you back on. Yep. But it's there's a lot of work to do with Twitter. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh my gosh. Well, then there's that. But you know, I've been very lucky on Twitter. I say that all the time. Yeah. I say I'm a biological female. I have a mental disorder, and I and I this is and I never people report the heck out of me. Twitter never takes it down. So really? I have you legacy verified. Uh maybe that's why I'm not really sure. Well, I Sarah, no Sarah has a
2: smaller audience and is not as well known. You're you're fairly well known. You're one of I would mm-hmm. say you're probably the first trans person to actually become notable and, and famous because you came out publicly about this stuff yeah, many years ago. 30 years ago. Like you're
1: way ahead of all of these. <laughs> <laughs> like, Yet they can... hate me. They hate me and they call me transphobic. And it's, it's yeah. why I highlight it because yeah. I want the world to see that what's ever happening with this younger generation, it, it's not right. You don't talk to people like me like that. And nobody in a community would ever, should ever speak to somebody like me like that. It doesn't matter if you like my opinions or not but you don't come after me and tell me to kill myself and you're trans like that just doesn't make any sense so it's important for the world to see there's a lot of mental illness attached to this by the way a lot
2: which i think will lead into something brent wanted to ask about in regards to trauma
0: oh i was yeah well i was just wondering do do you have 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 you had a did you have a traumatic experience prior to transitioning and do you think that impacted your decision to transition
1: you know, that's an excellent question by the way. And so you got to remember how old I am. I'm 60 and I also transitioned 30 years ago. Back when I was going through all the things I was going through, I went to therapy and um, I, I definitely had traumatic experiences in my ha- in my life. I, I've had molestation things happen, you know, as a young person, I've had sort of, you know, being beat up as a young person, even as a young lesbian, a young dyke, I got my ass kicked all the time by dudes in trucks. They would follow me and with baseball bats, I'm I, mean, I could go on and I I lived through the AIDS I lived through the AIDS movement and that really was very traumatic for me I lost all my friends to AIDS. Um, you know, so I did have traumatic experiences in my life, but we never touched on it in my therapy because if you have to remember my therapy wasn't trans focused because we didn't understand that my therapy was more focused on my sexuality because I was saying I was attracted to girls and I, I was a girl. And also my sort of, <clears throat> I had a lot of anger when I was a young person. So I would get into a lot of fights and I think that my therapy was more focused on why I was such an angry young person. Kid, but now we know why. I was kind of dealing with my dysphoria.
2: Yeah. Fascinating. I, I can relate to that for sure. <laughs> I, <was laughs> sure. I, 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 I still deal with anger, but I'm, I'm better yeah. now than I used to. Excellent.
1: Be. Yeah. Excellent. Me too. I was really bad. I was constantly getting into fights, and not until I. Um, transitioned. You know, people have this idea about about testosterone. I was going to ask
2: about that. I'm like, that didn't worsen that issue for you. No,
1: because it's a lie. Now, if you're going to shoot bodybuilder type testosterone, yeah, you're going to probably get roid rage and, you know, these guys are shoving tons of, I I take one cc of testosterone every week. It's it's nothing. But that being said, it calmed me down. So, yeah, I was an angry, like, dyke. You know what I mean? Like, ah! hate everybody and then i started shooting testosterone i was like it actually people were like what because it just i feel like my hormonal balance was off or something Mm -hmm. and it just just really calmed me down on so many levels it does
2: does have an antidepressant effect yeah well it it gives you that's right as well makes you you know that's right it makes you goal oriented all those sorts of things yep yep it's true so that's that's very
0: interesting um, because that's why I also noticed that a lot of gay guys that I've spoken to mm-hmm. in private conversations, they also have, you know, a trauma history and it, that sure. could either be a really domineering controlling kind of bitch psycho bitch mom yeah. or it could have yeah. been you know like uh, a traumatic sexual experience like i know a lot of gay guys that were introduced to sex by severely older men um yeah. at early ages like yeah. the one guy who i'm thinking of it popped in my head he was 12 and he was introduced to sex by a 35 year old man yeah Ugh. So,
1: gross just gross like- <laughs> That's all I'm gonna say on that. But you know, that's very prevalent and not only in the gay community, you know that there's all of that stuff also in the straight community. And I see a lot of, you know, we can use this word or not. I'll just say pedo. Uh, uh, you can block it out, whatever. But no, that being said, time. okay. Yeah. It, it, we, I, we see a lot more of it today. It's be, it's become much more prevalent and much more sort they're very bold. They're very bold, emboldened and to just show themselves and to be so creepy and come here to your glitter family. Don't yeah. talk to your parents. Talk to me. I'm like that, that is really actually weird, dude. Like knock it off. <laughs> <laughs>
2: I feel like you're referencing a particular yeah. one. <laughs> no, None of us like.
1: No, dude. We're yeah. after that guy. Yeah, Creep. So he's
2: like, you know, <laughs> creepy. Everyone who knows Ugh, so about. I saw one of his videos right here. Doing like this. He looks and he's hungry. Like and when he speaks, he just sounds hungry.
1: Is. that's yeah. right that's such a great analogy he does yeah. he looks like that creepy weirdo hungry i'm gonna get you come into my private space now he has like a patreon a private space that me and you can have a private well, conversation this is oh, so like weird.
0: parents parents are not protecting their children they're, they're failing from at predators, predators like, like him. him i've seen right. i've even seen parents actively you know engaging in the profiteering of images of their children That's there, I mean. this is a whole investigative thing. I went down this deep rabbit hole yeah. of parents that are putting pictures up on Instagram you know of their children in like bathing suits or like bath time, and then <laughs> they use that as a lead into their patreon where they have albums of these kids behind paywalls Evil. and they're not you know're they're, they're, they're not you know obvious pornography or or obvious what? nudity but it's close enough.
1: <laughs> but why is it behind a paywall? At, that makes it pornography to me right there. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't care if it's, it's just... A, it
0: is. It
1: doesn't need to be nude pictures. I mean, you know, these pedos like all kinds I of want. shit
0: albums of the kids at the beach, of the kids at the pool. And it's that's... always at the beach, at the pool, you know, any- Because they're in their bathing suits.
1: suits. So, yeah. That. It's that's so cool. gross, you guys. And so now that's being attached to me and to our community, that sounds, right? Yeah. That's the part that's upsetting me. It's like, hold on, wait a minute. People need to know that we, we are not okay with that. And if you are, then get the heck out of here, dude. You know, I I-, I I, I work in the pornography space, and that's always been a very difficult line for me to walk because I make adult products and stuff, and that's an adult space, and that's over here and But I fight for the kids, you know what i mean it's a, It's a very difficult space because yeah. What I do is adult entertainment. Period. Done. There's no such thing. But we fight in our own community about these weirdos sort of latching on and creating these spaces. It's it's now now that the internet is so huge, you guys, and now that there's so many outlets, it's just rampant. Yep. It's rampant. I'm I'm almost
0: of the mind that we need, like, you know, a new, like, sort of child digital rights act that says until you are 16 or older or whatever the age is, you cannot have images put on the internet of of your child. Like, just period, flat, just take it all away. Like, even the wholesome stuff, I'm I'm not into it anymore because now it's just like, where does that line between wholesome and and cringe and exploitation? It's too many moms yeah, with their yeah. kids on TikTok. So, some might push back and find that authoritarian. I, You know what? I don't care.
1: <laughs> I don't care either. I don't, Look, I have a 10-year-old son. I, I'm a total dad. So that being said, I coach soccer and I referee and I'm around all the kids all the time, nice. right? Because I love, I just like being that dad. But that being said, my kid isn't on the internet. He's like, dad, I want TikTok. I go, sure you do. <laughs> and I want a million dollars. So it ain't happening just so yeah. you know, yeah, kiddo. A Here's an Oculus. Here's, you know what I mean? That's like, let's go to the rock club. Wall. It's, so I personally, as a parent, don't understand, you know, I've never put pictures. And if I put one or two pictures of my kid, it's always with a f- thing over his face. And never would I ever expose my child to this insanity. And that's what I don't, I truly do not understand parents sort of explo- it's exploiting your child on some level.
0: Yeah, and you can tell a lot of time these parents on TikTok sort of like, there was this one video I saw with this woman and her child was not into it. And she oh was just like God. hurting him in front of the camera. <sighs> and then she does one of these like silly, wacky dances and then the video <sighs> ends. But clearly the kid did not want to be in the video. No, and that's right. it's like, what, right. lady, just yeah. stop. Right? <laughs> lady.
1: <laughs> no, but you want to know what else and I have? a I have a huge... Yeah, I have a huge problem with... um with these trans kid parents. I have a huge problem with how they, are sort of putting their children on the internet through their transition. And, you know, I always say, if your child is seriously really trans, which I have, that's a whole other conversation. But if they really are suffering and dealing with gender dysphoria, the last place they want you to put them is on the internet. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you as a parent are exposing your child, look, your child isn't trans. They're either a boy or a girl. It's what I explained to you earlier. I didn't, gr- I didn't want to be trans. I wanted to be a man. That's, that's why you got to see the difference between me and them. They want to identify as trans. They want their child to identify as trans. No, 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 friend. Your child is not trans. Your child is either a boy or a girl or has gender dysphoria and wants to be seen as a boy or a girl. Why are you exposing your child as trans? What if they, now let's just say, what if at 20, they're like, uh, I'm not trans. I'm not, I'm I'm actually a biological female and I want to live that way. And now you expose them all over the internet as, do you see the slippery slope there?
2: Yeah, it's not good. They're, they're not good like, at go all. Look at that stuff and be like, "Mom, Dad, why the hell did you put that stuff all over the internet?" That that's in right. We're it's also probably increasing.
1: It's their, inviting
2: uh, backlash
0: too yeah, against. That's right. You know, gay people against trans people. It's in. You know, there's going like there's going to be there already is sort yeah. of this yeah. idea that you know the community at large is to blame yeah. when it's actually just a very right. few very vocal right. ideologically driven individuals. Mostly in the education thing, and a lot of yeah. times it's heterosexual women <laughs> who are wannabes. They identify as queer, but <laughs> not. way just...
2: too much RuPaul's Drag Race. Oh my drag God,
1: drag you're so right. <laughs> just
2: like stop. I know, you know it's actually sick. They're all yeah. women in their twenties. Yeah, I know they're not married. They're trying to be nope. hip, but I think some of them yep. are just like pathological. They they want to use crazy. Yeah. It's like uh, I think a yep. uh, friend Russell from. um, conservative canadian yeah he changed his name so i just <laughs> I forgot the Conservative Blue Canadian. Brain. but he mentioned uh, he had a tweet about this months ago but like it's like to them it's like like a prada bag or something like they're using the it right. as an accessory because right. now it's it's hip it's mainstream to be trans and if you have your trans kid you know you're gonna get all of that attention that you perhaps right. didn't get because you didn't accomplish shit in your life that's so right. now you could just, you know, display your kid everywhere and be like, "Look how great I am as a parent! I care so much. I'm affirming them." Oh my and gosh! Make, you they got get it. all these views and clicks,
1: and then those are, those parents are like rabid animals. If you say they come after me, call me transphobic. I'm like lady, I transitioned before probably you were born yeah. and, and your kid was born. So like, how dare you? And secondly, you have Munchausen. So get out of my face. Yeah. And now you're on my list of parents who transitioning their children. Cause I have a list. And when this shit comes down, make sure I'm going to send people to your, to your space. Cause what you're doing to your child is disgusting child makes, abuse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: Very famously, uh, Jazz Jennings was a young boy who was transitioned to uh, you know, a, a to be a girl on, on television. television of yeah. all things. And yeah. it was, I believe even, his mother even took him uh, out of the country. I think they're based in the UK mm-hmm. at the time. Mm-hmm. It wasn't, it wasn't allowed for the, the young men to get castrated. Right. Uh, and so she took him either, I think it was in the United States or I forget mm-hmm. where, Here. but she took him somewhere to get that surgery, you know, yeah. before he was even 18. It was just like,
2: ah. Oh. Yeah. And then there are people still saying it's not happening to minors. It's not happening <laughs> That's not
1: happening. I have, if anyone needs it, I have tons of proof. I have actual photographs of parents with their 13-year-old kids. My kid got top surgery today. And I have tons of information. That's complete yeah. bullshit. They are doing that. Mm-hmm. And, they, and right. it is actually documented by the stupid parents. Keep who are that putting list. It up- yeah, yeah that's that right. List. It's on the list, my friend. I have a list of doctors, all of them. All of these woke people who are destroying children's lives. Because it's going to, it's so sad. I it's feel already so sad. It's to a head, but it it's is.
2: definitely going to come to a head even more. There it's, will probably I feel like there will be
0: a point if we're not already there in the not too distant future where there are more yeah. detransitioners than there are the trans people, people who percent. Yeah. homosexual.
1: Oh no, a hundred percent.
0: Y'all are very small, you're even less of the population than than homosexuals.
1: That's right. And That's exactly right.
0: People forget, like it's so weird. People think that there's like, you know, twenty percent gays or it's one in ten. <laughs> Not really, like you know, no. maybe there's like a lot more like of the heteroflexible guys yeah. out there that are bisexual, but you know, for all intents and purposes, they're straight. And you know, I I count them as straight, you know, for the most yeah, part. me too. You've had a gay experience, you know, a couple of times, maybe you're not gay.
1: You're, you're not, not gay. You're not totally
0: straight either, though. Yeah, sure, okay, <laughs> but you're not. You're not gay.
1: You're not gay and you're not queer. Stop stop appropriating stop our labels. It. No, they're appropriating trans. They're appropriating queer. What well, you said earlier, there's a lot of straight girls who are queer now. I go, do you know that that word, do you even know the history of that word? And now no. you're just calling yourself queer? What? What? Stop it. <laughs> just stop it. We don't. <laughs> just stop it. <laughs> I
0: was up in Burlington uh, yeah. after Fred Sargent got beat up uh oh. we at that pride oh. of uh celebration yeah. we went out two weeks after that we to, had fred on the show as well Oh, me too
1: films. me too he's amazing he's great
0: yeah uh, definitely he's like one of our treasures like left over from yeah. that uh that era and yes. you know an actual witness who can That's you know right. testify to what happened then and there because they are in the process of rewriting the whole history of stonewall and now it's oh like, they already did trans women here trans women there i'm like
1: guys nope. Didn't Sorry. happen. Didn't Fred. happen. The, 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 <laughs> I mean, Fred was there. Fred was actually, like, literally, physically <laughs> March, there.
0: Do they like to, you know, claim, was, well, you know, through the first <laughs> trick or whatever. She didn't show up until later, and also, she That's didn't right. go by sheet. she. She yeah. didn't identify as trans. That's right. She was
2: a drag queen. She was a That's gay right. man who liked to present as a woman. Did That's start right. to take estrogen, though, later in life, before, before he died. So, I mean, I think but now, perhaps if he were bucks age he would probably identify sure. as transsexual perhaps but that really wasn't a thing yet back that's then that's right that's just, right there was no real terms for this
1: also also we need to respect his desire to his own desire of how he identified and the fact that they're literally changed. They're not doing it only with uh, this stuff. They're doing it with all kinds of older um, people in the LGBT community, like gay women. They're, you know, butch gay women. They're now rewriting and saying that they're non-binary or they were trans. I'm like, how dare you? This woman fought for butch, you know, gay rights and did so many. And you're changing her whole identity because you think you know, because she was masculine, that all of a sudden she was trans. I mean, I find that very insulting and um, it's rewriting our history. And so, yeah, um, those people did not identify as transsexuals. They identified as transvestites. Yep. And that's a big difference there. And you can't just so we need to push back on this. And I do all the time, but I get called Racist, and I get called transphobic, and I don't know every ru- turf. I don't even know all bigot. They have,
0: all they have are insults. Yeah, in
1: that's right. To corral you. That's right. Because
0: they they can't have an honest conversation. Nope. they Hate discourse. They don't like it. They I hate it. Like that. They want to they bully can't. you into silence, and then yep. you know let everybody else know that hey,
2: <laughs> if you talk like this person, this is what you're gonna get. Well, that's it's true. One of the reasons we started this this podcast was we wanted Excellent. to have these conversations and to show other people you can have these conversations. That's right. And even though other people might step in and call you this or that or cancel you or go mm-hmm. for your job, because they will. A lot of them will go call your job and try to get you fired. People are here and will stand with you and we'll yep. support your right of free speech and to talk about these things openly. Excellent. It doesn't make you a bigot. It doesn't make you any of the things that they say no. you are. We're having discourse because discourse is important. That's how this country functions. That's right. And the talking <laughs> stops, more fighting begins and we don't want to see more fighting. So that's right.
1: That's that's why shows like yours are so important. You know, bringing together the people that people think we hate each other or that we can't have a bridge. I'm a, I consider myself honestly a bridge builder. I, I'm not in any way, yeah. shape or form. Do I, I don't want to be separate from the world. I I, want to be a part, that's the whole reason I transitioned so I can hang out with you guys and have a beer and go places and my my sex or my, you know, biology has never, ever come up my whole, you know, life on some level except now in the last 10 years I have to keep saying I'm a biological female. I'm a biological, (laughs) and, you know, it's like ridiculous. Like, come on, man. How many times do I have to say this? But the way they are representing, pardon me, the transgender community is wrong. And that's why I really value when guys like you bring me on shows so that your listener base doesn't just see this one side of this story. and know that there's many of us out here fighting on the other side, but our voices are not as big as some of these, you know, activists or whatever you want to call them.
2: Because your voice goes against the narrative that the mainstream That's right. is trying to paint. And that narrative right. is that you're all oppressed. You're getting <laughs> <a> stalked <street laughs> and beat up and killed at large numbers. <laughs> all of you are a monolith and you all think the same. And they say the same thing about gay folks. They say the same That's thing true. about black folks. You know, if That's you're true. this type of minority, you have to vote this way. You have to think yep. this way. And it's just That, that is ridiculous. the actual bigoted, racist, yes.
0: homophobic, yep. transmisogynist view. It's That's like right. You start telling people that because you are A, you have to think like B. <laughs> I mean, it's like did you hear yourself? Like and then they have the gall to project their racism. Oh. by gaslighting and Darvo and all this like oh stuff.
1: it's so gross it's gr- I was on a talk I was on a show um Prager U and uh do having a debate with a black trans woman and she just right out the gates called me a race said I called somebody a black person a monkey I was like wait stop the show right now I go, you stop this show fact check fact check and she was all like uh and then I go where when and how and yeah. then, she, you know, we caught through that, but she kept throwing the race card at me. And then I'm like, I thought we were talking about trans issues here. Okay. Yes, I'm white. Yes, I have privilege, whatever you want to say. But come on, can we get back on track? Anyway, at the end of the show, we're leaving. And she says to me in the elevator, I'm sorry, Buck, for saying that about the monkey comment. I'm like, why didn't you say that when we were on camera? Yeah. Why, why are you telling me now? So, no, not okay.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I wanted to read a, a tweet by a mutual on Twitter. Um, He said this tweet, and I thought it was really profound and true. He said, terms like LGBTIQA and POC only make it harder to talk about life as a minority. It hurts us. It squashes us into boxes and takes our individuality away. A POC believes this. The LGBT community is offended by this people talk for me constantly, usually straight people. (laughs) It's the
0: same with white people complaining about, you know, racism against the black community. I know. That's mostly, you
2: know, it's mostly white people. That's right. Mostly young liberal yeah. white
0: women happens to our friend right. Adam
2: Coleman all the time. They'll they'll tweet something at him and just that he's not blacking correctly.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and they're white. I mean, it's unbelievable, you guys. Like I'm like I get I get totally that shit all the time from people who aren't even trans. Like you're you're a transphobe. I go, are you trans? Calling me transphobe? You're not even trans. Are you out of your mind?
2: <laughs> so, uh, on this term trans, there is actually another question I wanted to ask you, which just came to me. But we asked this question to Sarah Higdon as well. Well, and this was something that billboard chris brought up on our show i don't know if you know billboard chris yeah of, kind of, yeah of he's course he's a good friend of ours yeah great. and he he basically states that unlike you know being homosexual gay you know which is something that you just are he says trans isn't something that you are, or can identify as, or whatever. Like trans is a process, is something that you right. do. And that's kind of how he defined it. Like, what do you, what do you right. think about that statement? Do you agree with that?
1: Oh, well, like I told you earlier, 100%, because I have a diagnosis of medical, it, it isn't, I'm not, I'm not want to be trans, right? I am not trans. I have a medical condition called transsexualism. So he's totally right on. And that's why I have a, I have a diagnosis, I have a whole system I went through not to live as a trans person, to live as a man. So he's right on. That's the thing is it's a medical condition. And now they've made it into an identity choice. So that, that's why this is so dangerous because these young kids don't even, not just young kids, but you know, people who are just identifying whimsically as trans without any diagnosis, without any kind of understanding of what that means. So that's what I think what he's getting at. And I, I 100% agree with him. And that's why we need to bring it back to a gender dysphoric, I you know space that where you go to a doctor and you get you know a diagnosis and you go through a whole system. Of, it's called a safety for me. It's called a safe system. They call it gatekeeping. I call it yeah. safekeeping.
2: Uh, Makes sense. You know, yeah. Here's a quote by Angel from uh, your article that covered you on Fox, which <laughs> you know, we talked about earlier. How that's funny. <laughs> you know, Fox covering it, it is. Up. And uh, you said uh, we we do show that there is a lot of trauma not being addressed before going to medical and why we are having a large population of detransitioners that the transgender community is trying to hide. That's right. Jill said, Mental That's health right. needs to be the priority, not affirmation therapy, but actual right. therapy. And I think that is, that is the crux of the matter here is mm-hmm. you know, I mentioned earlier is going back to this watchful waiting approach. When someone comes to you and says, Hey, I'm struggling with this. I feel like I, I might, you're like, I want to be the other sex or whatever. Let's get to the root of that. Is that That's actually right. what's going on? Is there something else going on? That's you know, Maybe right. there's some abuse involved, maybe, you know, and trying to figure that out before just putting them on this pathway of medicalization, which is hurting a lot of people right now.
1: Well, we didn't do that before. And I, I really always say, that's why I think I'm so solid. And I've never looked back, never thought I made. First off, remember, I was an older person when I did. I started at 28, but I didn't start taking the medication until 30. But <clears throat> that being said, I had to do two years of living as Buck. My therapist, two years straight up every week, when I would go to her. She goes, well, what does it mean to be a man? She yeah. would push back on me. Back. So what does that mean? What is, and I'm like, to this day, I don't know what that means to be a man. <laughs> so I'm just like, if you can actually answer answer that question, then I would like to know. But that being said, you know, so we had to actually go and be pushed against and, you know, until we had to live in the man clothes and walk the world and see how that fit, you know, try the shoes on before you buy them, but you try the car before you buy it. And and since since when do you just get to say, I am, look, I don't care about identity choices, right? However, that is that that's not going to hurt anybody. You can literally go back to changing your identity, but you can't change medical procedures. And this idea, that we keep lying about puberty blockers being reversible when we know damn well they're so damaging beyond belief. And, and, and also surgery, you tell me how how this is ever gonna be turned back except for getting fake boobs and those aren't real boobs. Yeah. So people like, I mean, the fact that they lie in this community is why I'm so mad because I never lied about who and what I am and I don't need to lie. And so when we lie to people, they start to go, "Well, wait a minute. Why are they lying to us?" And then we bring kids into the picture. That's it. That's why everything just went haywire in this and now trans laws are being passed and we you know people who actually need this stuff like myself are going to be sucked into this whole like anti-trans stuff.
0: Yeah, they just uh passed in the Tennessee House a new bill outlawing yeah. medicalization for minors and yeah, yeah. It, even just you know yeah. the politicians I heard to- I was you know tuned in just to watch a little bit of the debate before they mm-hmm. before they voted mm-hmm. and the Democrats that were arguing you know for amendments to the bill were not clear on the coming permanent- in Parts of you know putting That's kids right. on puberty blockers, especially the way that they do it. It's like the way that they do the puberty blockers. There is no temporary. Yes, if you take a, <laughs> a puberty blocker, you know just once. You know they're That's given, right. I think, in six month doses. That's so right. If you do it once or twice. Yes, the effects are temporary. But when you're doing it for years and then leading yeah. into cross-sex hormones, which is the treatment this protocol all, as, as right now, it's all experimental. It's and then, experimental. And then when you it's 100% it,
1: experimental. experimental. There, there's you block,
0: no you block a child before Tanner stage two. You know, you get a 10 or 11 year old. You take away their ability to have an orgasm. Yeah. Like, there you go. Yeah. And then when, there you you know.
2: bring, when you bring that up, they accuse you of like having pedo intentions or something. Like, why do you care about them having orgasms?
1: Why do we care? Because first I off, mean, orgasms. I mean, I know that's the slippery slope there right now. We can't talk about that all of a sudden. No, I'm talking about it. First off, don't you dare take orgasm away from a human being. Secondly, yeah. without that human being having some kind of say so in that. Secondly, yeah. sterility sterility so you yeah. not you you think a 10 year old you ask any 10 year old you want to have babies they're gonna be like ah no of course they're even, gonna go like, like that, 80, that 20, right even 20 year olds <laughs> even 20 <20-year-olds. laughs> that's right lots of people
2: when they're younger don't want kids and then that's later right. on they change their mind that's, that's my right biological happens. clock did not start ticking until i was 32 <laughs> yeah it's right on 29 is right when I started to like see my friends all having kids and I'll be like, Oh, <laughs> well, of course, if yeah. I was a
0: moody, you know, anxious, depressed and, you know, dysphoric teenager, yeah. and I would thought that this is the solution that, that, that these yeah. negative emotions, these negative feelings would go away. If I just did this process, That's of right. course, I would opt to sacrifice my future reproductive potential yeah. That's right. for, you know, the return and, and some, just some normalcy. I know. Yeah.
2: It's, it's it's experimental. experimental. But it's like you said right. they're
0: lying to these children and this they is are. Really what it comes down to they're using them as test subjects. Yeah. There are people in the world yeah. that just have they operate on lies. It's yeah. just I lies know. come to them as easy as breathing does for for us. And so and a lot of them don't even realize they're lying when they do it. Like I'm sure this right. democratic politician I saw talking about, you know, how the science was disputed on puberty blockers. Being <laughs> I'm sure he had no clue he was actually lying. Well, maybe he did. but maybe he did.
1: No, but shame on them. Shame on them. That's called due diligence. And you know what? And that's called you better go look at every site. So, you know, that's why I, I look at everything. If People are always like, why are you following so-and-so? Because I watch everyone. If I don't get all sides of the story and I don't see how they're, and the people who hate me, I follow them because I want to see what they're saying. What is wrong with everybody? Like, if you're just looking at CNN, that's all you're ever going to get. And then you think puberty lockers are awesome. And everyone's going to benefit for them. But if you go watch another show, like maybe even Fox, they're like so hard. Everyone's hard lined right? There's no, there's no in the middle. I'm going to tell you that as much as I'm against transitioning children, the thing that I'm not against is letting a kid go through puberty. I'm against puberty blockers, 110%. But later on, maybe at 17, 16, they're starting to feel like I, I just interviewed a young girl, 15, a young trans girl, and she's transitioned at 15 after she went through four years of therapy and puberty and she seems straight up right on like she's so there's always an exception to the rule. I think that we must understand nothing is black and white. And some totally. one out of a 1000 kids might actually benefit from this, but we're still too early in on this yeah. and we don't understand the long-term effects of a 16-year-old but, doing do you this. think
2: that maybe because of that and because it is only going to be like maybe one exception out of five yeah, who are being yeah. harmed that there should yeah. be some kind of hard line legislatively yes. like just cut off. Period. I do. After 18, then it's like, all right, now you can make your own decisions. But yes. we still don't just affirm, affirm, affirm. We push back. And I think, oh, no, I'm totally on
1: board with that. Because now these wingnut trans kids, they, they made it so accessible. You can literally go on the internet to a website and order testosterone and under a 15 minute intake. And you get the testosterone mailed to your house. I'm like, wait a minute here. Yeah, what? Like I, of... I can you imagine? And I yeah. and I'm like, well, I remember the day where I had to go like yeah. literally to the doctor, to like the yeah. pharmacist wouldn't give me it. The pharmacist was like, what do you need this for? I'm like, what? This my, my doctor, give me my medicine. He's like, but well, what do you need it for? And I'm thinking to myself, wait a minute, dude, you don't get to know my personal space. Yeah. He wouldn't give me my testosterone. No. <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> you know, because I was a woman. Right.
0: Versus today, yeah. where it's just like you walk into Planned Parenthood and you have <laughs> a prescription.
1: Literally, dude. Literally, right. you go on an app and you're like, yeah, I'm trans. All you have to say is you're trans. Yes. That's why affirmation therapy is a joke. It's an actual joke. It's all connected to medical. I, I'm going to tell you. I might sound like a conspiracy weirdo, but it's all connected to money. money. And pharmaceutical companies are yeah. disgusting and evil. And Big they're just are being made. Yep. yep. That's right. Oh, and
0: then also, once they, you know, once they get that kid blocked, it's like oh, God. the whole process of the, all they're seeing is the dollar signs, you that's know, right. in. You know, well, and even if right. the child decides to detransition at some point, <laughs> still, <laughs> still <gonna> medical, medical, <laughs> medical.
1: Exactly. It's a win-win. <laughs> it's a literal win-win for them at the at the expense of a young person's life. Where you're now putting them. I mean, all the detransitioners you guys, you know, did did interviews with. They probably all. I noticed that they all sort of have the same kind of uh, intersection there, which is that they didn't get any therapy. They got affirmed as trans and sent to, you know, here's your script, go to YouTube and figure out how to shoot it. Like one kid told me that they tell you to go to YouTube and learn how to inject the needle. I it
2: wouldn't even show. Wow. What
1: wow. the heck world do we live in? It's
2: crazy. Uh, I still can't believe this shit is happening to me. Right. I mean either Every
1: day I'm and I'm tra- yeah. <laughs> and I'm a transsexual. And I'm just like, this is not
2: happening. It's probably even more shocking for you too, because you know again, like this, you did this process a, a long time yeah. ago and you probably never would have imagined that never. the word would be in the place that it's in right now that not mm-hmm. only is it like accepted, it's almost like encouraged. encouraged. It's encouraged. Great word. It's just Great word. something that we don't that's want right. to
1: encourage this, you know, it's well. It's, it should be the last, look it, it yeah. should be the last thing you do after you do X, Y, and Z. If the last, if X, Y, and Z are not working, that's the last, that's the last part of the equation there. But if you're not Look, I, I'm telling you, it's, just, it's the most amazing thing that ever happened to me at 30. But the thing is this, I don't want anybody to be trans. This is not a life of beauty. I have to shoot test. I have to do all kinds of things. I'm, my health isn't great because of it. I'm probably not going to live to be you know, 80, whatever yeah, that means. ask about that stuff, Yeah. You
2: know, the life expectancy. That's right.
1: The, the we don't life. know because I'm one of the oldest trannies on the block. So they don't even know like even what that even means, right? And that's, in, I mean, it's a to
2: 60. In a, in a tweet you made... In twenty twenty, you called yourself an experiment. And that's you, right. You addressed people who keep calling me transphobic and turf. Remember, I transitioned without any community, no that's safety right. net, no TikTok, no privilege, nothing except me and my willingness to be an experiment. And then that's you said right. I have balls of steel,
1: which I thought was funny. <laughs>
2: Remember <laughs> that when you attack, I am not playing. I don't play. <laughs> you know, I don't play. No, no, no. Do not know, come after me. <laughs> you know you're not a biological male. That is in very many ways, what it means to be a man right there. Right it's, on. it's standing up, it's protecting, it's defending people who, who that's need right. to be defended. And right now that's the kids, we need to defend them. And so the I, women, you know, and the women. Uh, if you're not a male, you are very much channeling what I would consider manly attributes and masculine energy. Thank you,
1: friend, energy thank you. We
2: need more of that right now. Yes. We need that, that manly energy to say, uh, enough of this shit. You know, Like we, what? We
1: Who who said this is oh and that's the thing, my friend. I'm fighting for trans rights. If people think I'm not, I am. I'm actually fighting for the rights of transsexual people who need their medicine. And because of me and because of what I have done, I'm able to do that to show the world there are actual people like me who really do need this medicine and really do need to transition. But but that being said, you gotta give people time to figure this out. It's a lifelong thing and and so just to, because a kid wants to wear pants or wants to paint their fingernails now and those are gender non-conforming kids yeah. all of a sudden now you can't have a gender non-conforming kid they're either male or female that and also what if these kids are gay right yeah. what if that's, what if
2: that's one of the things that makes this issue i guess close to heart for brett and i is yeah you know, me, not personally. When I was younger, I didn't put Leave dresses on. Leave those boys alone. <laughs> I didn't put dresses on. I didn't want to wear heels. I actually uh-huh. had no interest in, in girls things when I was right. young, even, right. even though I am gay. But I have many friends who are like that. They are more naturally effeminate. And we have other friends who, when they were younger, were very much like that and yeah. have said to me, like, if I was growing up today – I probably would, would have, have been opt- it to have been transitioned because I would have wanted to have been a girl instead. But the like, uh. time they went through puberty and stuff. So this is, it's like what we're living through is like a literal form of like conversion therapy.
1: Totally. I totally agree with you. 100%. Because how does a child know who they are? Come on. Right. I mean, with sexuality, I'm going to tell you, I find it to be a little different than transsexualism. I do think on some level, I mean, and, and with mean, you know you feel like a boy or a girl. So on some level, you do know that since you're a little kid. And sexuality is kind of the same thing. You start to be attracted to the same people maybe when you're younger. Some people might grow out of it. Some people might really just be into it. So to take that away from a child and let them have these experiences till they find themselves down the road is so gross. And on some level, it is conversion therapy. All of a sudden, now we can't do that to trans people, but we can do it to gay people. Like, none of it makes sense, you guys. And I'm actually sort of speechless on some level as to how we even got here. And now all of a sudden, why gay is like this, things are so homophobic out there. It's scary.
0: Yeah. Well, it looks like they, we had a couple of Marxists basically hijack most of the medical boards. Yes. And the advice changed. You know, Dr. Kenneth Zucker was the leading expert in childhood, right, right. you know, kids with gender changes in, in mm-hmm. uh, Toronto. Mm-hmm. And they fired him because he was not willing to switch to this new affirm everyone approach. That's right. And because right. his, in his experience, it was something like, you know, almost 90% of the kids that he treated of both sexes would desist naturally over time. And most of them became, you know, homosexuals. Yeah. And so they, they fired him and then he sued and he was able to win that in court. So basically it all kind of piddled out in the end. But at the time yeah, yeah. he was, you know, considered transphobic and all this nonsense when he himself had aided the transition yep. of hundreds of individuals that, you know, actually really needed it.
1: Me, because of him, you know, they're, they're, he's a friend, he's a great human, he cares about us, and so that's also a the world needs to see because of, because of being sort of put into an academic space, I don't think the rest of the world necessarily sees what's going on there. And academia is a big, huge part of the problem here, for sure, because, you know, academic space is very elitist and, you know, and they're very much this thing that they know better than everybody Uh, else, you know? And that's been a huge problem for me is that all of this is queer theory and all this nonsense. I go, do you people understand the word theory? You're in college and you don't have, theory is not fact, (laughs) it's theory. And I'm just like, I I didn't even graduate high school, dude. So I'm like, these people are fucking insanely stupid. So
0: And and yet they have all this education.
1: Like what is it yeah.
0: for like what what value does it bring if
1: oh, i know what it's doing it's literally putting these kids into a one thought space it's getting these kids it's it's building an army you know yeah. a lot of this stuff is because of the younger generation being fed all of this marxist communist you know this all this stuff that says that we're all bad because we're capitalists i'm a capitalist dude go go Fuck off, really, basically. I, I, I like I like it. Of course, there's bad parts of it, but I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't have my own businesses. I wouldn't have been able to do what I do if it wasn't for capitalism. And if you don't like it, move somewhere else. But most of, most of us actually like the opportunity to create for ourselves.
0: Yeah, Yeah. and actually, you know, at all the countries in the world, this is the one that sort of offers the most freedom for the most people most of the time. That's
1: right. So That's right. you can
0: criticize it all you want. Could it be better? Yes, but it's yes. a lot worse, and we can see examples of a lot worse if we just <laughs> North Korea and China, or if we just look to what's going on in Central Africa.
1: I mean, That's right there could it could be a lot worse oh my god so, but they don't have i i really feel like there's this entitlement there's an entitlement with the younger people that they don't you know they think they're suffering they've been given this yeah. idea that we're suffering and we're marginalized and we don't have, have anything them. Yeah, I'm like, dude, you're in a university that costs fifty thousand dollars a year, and your mommy is paying for that, and you literally have to do no job, or you're crying because you're at Starbucks and there's a line, and you can't handle it. Like, <laughs> I'm like oh I my god, to have to work
0: in eight hour shifts. Like, <laughs> Lord, do you know what like life was like? Not even like, you know, not even a hundred years ago, like fifty years ago, or like you know, sixty yeah. years ago. Yeah. Like there were serious problems. Like people in the 80s were dying from AIDS. Like and they didn't know what it was, and it almost wiped out. You know, all of our, all of like almost all of our gay uh, mentors and our our gay elders. That's right. And then these young kids just have no. I mean, I'm 40, and and I feel like the young, especially, they have no appreciation for their elders. And that's right. It's so important in a culture to look to your elders to get, you know, the wisdom because they've lived, they've had the decades of experience. They've made all the mistakes. They've got stories that you wouldn't imagine, you know? And so, it's very important to have That's those, why I... those intergenerational conversations. Thank you.
2: That's why I've always been very close with my grandmother. She's eighty-two. Oh, now. She's right on. Best friends. I need to call her actually. I've been in- yeah, you do I <laughs> been with her, and too long. It's been like a month or whatever, oh. so I got to go call her and have a conversation. But I always appreciated her perspective. Just yeah. growing up in the fifties, you know, she was born in nineteen forty, so like World War two was still going on. Wow. I mean, she came of age in the fifties and remembers having to like go under the desks during, you know bomb raid tests it's and all that commerce. stuff. Yeah, right. during the Cold War. So she's seen the world change so much. And I remember uh, not that long ago, a few months ago, this was last year, I was on the phone with her, talking to her, and I was trying to explain the trans phenomenon <laughs> she was very oblivious of and it. Like it was very difficult for her to wrap her head around this, but she had no idea that this was happening. Yeah. And that so many young folks were getting pulled into doing these irreversible Most things. Most people do don't, things. don't know.
0: Like, no that's I don't. right. I, that's I've, right. Seen,
2: I've gone out with Billboard Chris a couple of times.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I would say 90% of the conversations, the people, they, they don't know what's yeah, happening. They, they have they no don't. idea. And you know, he tells them and they're just like, wait, what? No, that can't be. You've gotta be. That's girl. right. And it's it's funny to watch him <laughs> educate them and then to see them be like, This is this is this is
2: not okay. Yeah, guys a badass. <laughs> All right, I think he here is a bit here. And one of the subjects we wanted to talk to you about, because I feel like a lot of people who bring you on their show <laughs> avoid talking about it. And that's the subject of pornography we we had a discussion about that on our show before and you know i guess i wanted to kind of go into your perspective on it and maybe we can give some our perspectives of it as well right but i guess the first question i will ask is like overall do you think pornography is something that's like healthy is it good for society or is it something that should kind of remain a more marginalized thing i know you mentioned earlier that that's an adult thing for adult spaces and maybe some of this erosion of that boundary that we're seeing now is that overly sexualization of our culture. Yes. Um, so what do, you, what do you think about that? You know, it's a it's a great
1: question. And I, I, of course, I'm going to give a very nuanced answer because for me, it's a very nuanced space. Now, that being said, I start, I got into the pornography business 21 years ago when the internet was kind of just at its sort of yeah. beginnings. So I worked in the adult space of DVD, VHS, all of that kind of stuff, which was a different era because we had a control over it, right? Kids can't just walk into an adult store and buy a video. Kids can't right. get access to things that they can today. So that being said, those are very, that's a very important part of what I'm going to begin to say now. As that happened, I started to see the internet come into play and the internet ruined everything on not just pornography, but everything. So what happened was people started taking movies and ripping them off and putting them all over the internet for free. So you could go onto any space with no block. Any kid could literally punch in whatever they wanted, blow job, let's just say. If there it is, where it is. And then they started doing these spamming. Remember spam in the fucking, like maybe in the nineties when they, yeah. do, they were doing porn spam and everyone was getting, sp- so I saw my industry change as well as, this accessibility to things that should never be accessible to young people. So then I had to sort of change my own because I'm very pro-sex. I believe it actually helped me become very sort of grounded in my own body because for people who don't know, I don't have, I didn't have penis surgery. So I still have my vagina and it was very difficult for me to sort of, understand that in a sexualized space. Pornography helped me, and it also helped a lot of other trans men. My porn really focused on trans male sexuality. And so then this idea of the internet came, and everyone just started putting stuff up on the internet, and then OnlyFans, and then da-da-da-da-da, and then it just became the Wild West again. Because back in the 70s, it was the Wild West, which means that we have nasty, gross stuff happening in porn. Then we created laws around that. Then we had 2257s, and we really got really hardcore in our own industry. We really policed ourselves. But today we don't police ourselves because it's not the same space and it's not studios, right? It used to be studios like, you know, like Titan men and all that, right? Yeah not today anyone can do it put it up so if it, it, it's a free-for-all so i have a i have I, how i feel about pornography is i do feel it, it is an important sub it is an important medium because it's a medium it's a film medium but it's been it, around since ancient times. forever forever, forever. Yeah. And, 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 and but it's an adult space and only adults should be accessing that the problem is today we don't have that ability to to, monitor, to 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 sort of put it in a space where only adults can see it. Yeah. So now, oh, it's difficult for me because I don't like what's happening in any way, shape or way. And I'm not necessarily a pornographer anymore, right? I create yeah. products. I create sex toys and yeah, yeah. products that help people sort of move in their own personal space. So I'm glad I'm not in the film business anymore because I don't think it's good and I do think people misuse it and I do think some people get a hold of it especially young people I'm seeing it all over TikTok they're sexualized these are 16 year old kids doing this stuff it's not okay now when we were 16 we were sexual and you have that you come into it and all of that but are you seeing the things you're seeing that you're seeing today no Yeah. and that could be very damaging
2: that's for sure
1: that's for sure and some of the stuff you see and, the, and, then, and then the furry, you know, the furry stuff came out of the sort of BDSM space. It did. I remember yeah. I used to go to furry conventions just because I thought it was hilarious. <laughs> but now, <laughs> But now it's like that got into the kids. And I'm like, do people even understand where this like sort of came from? And all of it feels very sexualized to me. And yeah. I think... You know, it's difficult for me because I do believe in pornography as a positive thing, but I see it being used as an, and I, I think it could probably use alcohol or things in the same manner. Right. So it's like alcohol well,
2: is, I was going to bring up mm-hmm. addiction and you know, yeah. talking about yeah. kids, but also in regards to adults and yeah, porn addictions. Like, what do you think about that? Because I, yeah. you know, I've struggled a bit with that. I wouldn't say I have an addiction, but I yeah. think indulging too much in that medium isn't good i didn't find it healthy for me i found it was something you would turn to when you were lonely or going through your own issues but instead of addressing your issues like turning to the bottle or turning to weed or all those other things it's something you're using to cope instead of actually dealing with the issue itself and you know a lot of adults are actually struggling with full-blown porn addiction and that's true what do we do about that because i know there there are people who don't even think that that's a thing or they view it as a laughable a laughable issue a non-issue because they're like oh well porn's normal everyone watches porn you can't have that but you know i've been on forums i've read testimony from people on twitter and stuff and who have really struggled with
1: Yes, it. I agree. It's too accessible. That's the problem. So, so, right, it's too accessible. You can't just go in any store and buy alcohol. You can't. So how do we now, and we have these conversations in my own community all the time. I go to a lot of okay. conferences. We have a thing called the Free Speech Coalition. We all really want to lock this down. Don't think we're okay with what's happening. We're not. But we're all trying to figure out how to make it accessible to the people who need to see it or want to see it and the people who should not be seeing it. Now, that being said, you're right. Addiction, you know, I'm 30 years sober from from dr- from alcohol and and drugs and all of that stuff, but I use cannabis now i'm I'm california sober so <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that term before california sober i'm california sober dude <laughs> you know what I mean like I used to be a drinker I was gnarly but anyway. So I, I I think we're all sort of struggling with this. And I don't think the answer is to just literally make porn illegal, because then you're going to cause bigger problems. You're going to cause underground stuff you to happen. That's right. And that's with anything. I believe the same with drugs yep. and all of that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. So how do we, as a community that care, that you have access to this and also is it our fault, and this is a hard thing to say, is it our fault that you struggle with your porn addiction, or is it something we need to start to have um, a conversation about, and how can we help you? you know, because that means you have an addictive personality, and I have a very addictive personality, so, and I'm aware of it, and I, I know when I'm doing too much coffee, i like, okay, I'm taking a break on that, because I know how to sort of, so we need to teach people these tools, and why are you using porn? What, what's going on with you? Why are we not sort of addressing what's actually the underlying issue with your porn addiction? Because there's an underlying issue there.
2: There always is.
1: There always is. Right. That's right. That's right. You can't blame it on porn. You have to sort of understand why this person is addicted to the pornography and what is happening in these spaces that they're using porn to sort of just escape. They're using it to escape on some level.
0: It also, a porn is not a great introduction to sex. Yeah. <laughs> That's it's right. Realistic. It's not realistic. <laughs> That's right. Um, That's you know, right. Also, you're seeing professionals perform in a professional manner. Yeah. That's you know, right. It's not, it, you're not seeing what would be a private, awkward moment between, you know, two teenagers sort of That's fumbling right. each other. Yeah. And, and I think a lot of the times it especially gives young men the wrong impression, especially mm-hmm. heterosexual porn, because, you know, it's just it's nowhere That's near right.
2: reality
1: nope. and
0: it's the same for a lot of gay porn too it's yep. like it's not you know it's it's just not as as you know fancy or as visually appealing or the yep. activity isn't as vigorous as it yep. may appear on the screen because you just can't you can't jump into those kind of yeah. things. It gives Pins. an
2: unrealistic,
0: unrealistic uh, perception of
2: what actual. Right. I, do th- I, I do
0: think people, that the responsibility yeah. really is is with the parents. And, sure. you know, because the parents control whether or not the child has That's a phone right. with internet access or whether or not they have a, a, a pad with Wi-Fi in their room or mm-hmm. mm-hmm. room. Like I'm a big fan of wired internet access and regular. That's right. Excellent. As soon as, you know, when they're adults, when they can pay for their own stuff, (laughs) but if you're you're dependent upon, you know, the parent system for internet access, then you do have a sort of control. You can That's sort of right. moderate. And we've sort of been very hesitant as a culture to regulate that or encourage parents to regulate that. Mm-hmm. And, and we have seen that there are parents, especially parents that have tech jobs that do, you know, clock That's that shit right. down. Because they know because they know, exactly. right we should have this sort of wider you know i don't know like educational moment like this is something that you know teachers would theoretically you know impart to children that they shouldn't be on the internet but they're actually doing the opposite they're encouraging them to read pornographic books and i um, know it's shocking actually
1: I'm totally against that. And I'm somebody who clearly thinks sex is important and talk about it. But how can you start talking to kids like that? They're so innocent. You know, I have little talks with my son. He asks me only if he asks me. Right. And I always, it's so cute and innocent. And it's so awesome. It's like, so what's going to happen with this when I go through puberty? I'm like, oh, wow, some interesting things are going to happen to you. But it's so cute and innocent. And like, you know, we don't make it dirty here in our house. We make nothing dirty. If he wants to even run around naked, it's all okay. He's like, why can't we be naked in the world? I'm like, because people are stupid. (laughs) You know, like, it's okay to be naked, dude. It's like, your body's awesome and everything is, you know, so I think parents do need to take responsibility for these things. And I think if you don't shame certain things, then you don't grow up with the shame around it, right? Like, we don't shame sexual, we're not talking about sex to our 10-year-old, but You know, we we just have this sort of more open space and we understand that he shouldn't be seeing these things on the Internet. And he does have a lock, by the way, on his uh, Internet. But he's so good. He would never do it. I just know that he wouldn't do it because I think that we're so open with him and we're honest about things. And I think that also is really important for kids. You're
0: also actively parenting. That's right. Don't act. That's right. parent. Well, they that's just. Probably sort of, why the
2: kids are turning to teachers. Right, they just give them. Figures. You know, they give them.
0: That's a right. And then the
2: parents is off.
0: Like I've, you know, I've had, I've been a professional nanny and tutor in mm-hmm. the past. You know, like ever since I left my lab job, mm-hmm. and that's it's been. I found it really rewarding, but a lot of the times, I see the situation where the parent is busy. You know, the parent has that's a right. career. Parent has you know activities that you're interested in yeah. parents also may be struggling with addiction and so they can't yeah. give the child the full attention that really that they need and so they you know'll they'll, they'll give the child entertainment they'll give the child yeah. you know. Video games, they'll give the child, you know, like cell phone, whatever the child mm-hmm. wants. They just sort of, mm-hmm. you know, okay, here, but you gotta do this for me. You know, it's a lot of actional kind, of kind of thing. Uh-huh. And it's like the worst possible thing. Like your child just really wants you to spend time and listen to them.
1: Totally, dude. Oh my God, you hit it right on the head. Like, come on, take your kid to the beach, go to the park with them, walk the dog, like spin. You know, it, it, I don't get it. I, I think because, you know, there's so much going on, everything is so about the internet these days. It's like, bleh, that's why it's so gross. And like get off the internet people yeah. like there's an amazing <laughs> world out there and like there's so yeah, many I've you, been and, and like i'm a bit on
2: social from social media it's so like, gross you guys i'm doing see. it like a little bit during the day and just that's like,
1: right that's right off. i do my i do my three or four posts and i'm done and i'm like move on to something else you know what i mean it's just it's I, addicting I think, you know we were it's addicting addictions and it's like uh, that's right
2: social media is one of the most addicting uh, things
1: it's and gross. Then yeah. we had this yeah. whole
0: period that we went through you know for several years that's where right we were forced into our homes and businesses yes. were closed and yep. that only made the problem worse <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that's when a bunch of people became trans <laughs> that's
0: when all these kids were like i'm
1: trans i'm like oh my you god talk worry. about <laughs> trauma i mean
0: you could argue that that
2: event you know Know like kid- keeping kids out of school—that's traumatic.
1: Traumatic. So,
2: uh, another another thing I wanted to talk about in regards to the pornography subject yeah. is, yeah. I guess, the the moral implications of it. Because mm. me personally, I'm someone where I know not everyone views it this way, but I, I view sex as something that's like sacred. It's a special okay. thing between sure. people and bonding. And you know, do you think yeah. porn waters that down, or do you think it encourages a more just animalistic, carnal way of looking at sex?
1: that's a great question but you know here's the deal what I'm gonna say about morals right my morals might be different than your morals so okay. that's the hard part about that is that I have different morals it doesn't mean yours are wrong or right or mine aren't so that being said that's the point the point that people seem to keep missing about pornography it is entertainment it is adult entertainment it's a fantasy it's a place where you yeah. can go and see something that you might never ever see or might never ever experience but you're turned on by licking feet so you get to see the this licking feet thing that you'll probably never get to see anywhere else. And it's a big, huge turn on for you. So, and, it, and, and, it, and also, you know, I have to say people have shame around their fetishes or their things. And I think on some level, porn gives people permission to lick feet, <laughs> even though me and you are like, ah, whatever. I mean, I like boots. So, <laughs> so you know what I mean? So there's that. And it's, but then you're right. So so I, I always say this about pornography, it is fantasy, it is entertainment. It is not supposed to be about having an intimate relationship with somebody. That That's an emotional space. And I do think that intimacy and emotional sex and all that is very important, but I think of it as a different space than, um, and if you're watching pornography for intimacy, then you're in the wrong space and you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> <laughs> pornography is not a romance. That's right. It's literally go in, do your business for and five you, minutes or whatever, how long it takes. Romance and
0: your novels do have somewhat pornographic scenes violence, in
1: them. Yeah. That's true. That's true. But that's different again because you're using your mind and you're sort of reading. Yeah, totally. it's totally different. But with a, with a video. You know, you can pretty much today punch in anything, clown porn, and yeah. it's there, and you get to see a bunch of clowns having sex.
0: Oh my god, I mean, <laughs> uh, porn! It's it's kind of it's almost scary the amount yeah. of variety yeah. and just yeah. the the sheer volume of pornographic content that that's oh, it's crazy. It's it's, it's so crazy.
1: much. It so is much. so much. But you know, it's a hard conversation. I appreciate you guys talking about it because people don't people are very hard lined on it, right? They're very much like, you know, this is why I sort of kind of have to keep mine over here, or else I wouldn't be able to do the work I'm doing on Twitter and all these other spaces, even though people are, like, you're just a pornographer, get out of here, you freak. I'm just like, Really, dude? You're just not listening to me. So that's my business over here, right? Yeah. You're yeah. a milkman.
2: So <laughs> understand your perspective more on it as someone who, thank you, you know, has experienced that and thank even though you. we might not
1: agree that's right
2: is about it the point is that's to right. have to have the discourse also our show is dangerous rhetoric so we're <laughs> about dangerous things right things that are considered yeah. taboo or that other yeah. people are uncomfortable talking about we yeah. want to go there that's kind that's of the right point of the show as and well, don't, because, don't yeah. i want to bring up also rule 34 yeah. i don't know if you heard of rule 34 uh-uh yeah, so it's this is something that came up on I think 4chan, which was an internet forum. Okay. Right. Um, basically, Rule Thirty Four is an internet meme which claims that internet pornography exists concerning every conceivable topic. Um, so mm-hmm. Basically, if it exists, there's porn of it. That's Rule Thirty Four. So, okay. like grinder porn or like mouse porn
1: or yeah <laughs> like if I mean in the world of porn. well I'm gonna push back, back a little because, because that
2: is but it's a meme it's
1: a joke I, I mean, it's kind of a joke and it's probably almost almost 100% oh, sure. I mean when I started there was nobody like me I was the very first in my claim to fame my mom's so happy but that, <laughs> 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 that being said you know I was that first dude who sort of Introduce the world to a naked body like mine who no one had ever seen it before. So, you know, and for me, my, my point in the beginning was on some level it was activism in this way because it never existed before I did it. I sort of on some level created this genre and um, it, it was, it was weird because people just had no, they were like, what you're, why would you cut your penis off and put a vagina on? <laughs> like actually, no, <laughs> actually I'm a biological female. And it was kind of entertaining and and educational on the same same mm. space so 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 that being said i 20 years ago i didn't exist and now i'm all over there's all kinds of people doing what i did but i i don't necessarily know if there's everything but there's close to it in the porn space but yeah. remember it's all about making money it's That's a true. it's a lucrative business
0: well can i ask you uh there's a new terminology that i've seen flitting around mostly in like the gender critical space they're using the phrase uh, trans-identified male and trans-identified female. So you'd be would be keeping your your biological uh, sex and just putting like trans-identified in front of it. So instead of being a trans man, you would be a trans-identified female. Like, how do you feel
1: about that lingo? Well, there you go. Stay over there, people. <laughs> I have nothing to do with that shit. Like, I had a sex change, quote unquote, right? For a lack of a better what we used to call in the back in the in the day, sex change. So I, I'm not a trans-identified anything. I'm a I'm a person who has a disorder called gender dysphoria, who transitioned, it's called transsexualism, transitioned to be a man. That's why I don't put my pronouns or any of that kind of nonsense. Because so those people are. On some level, again, appropriating. I feel like it's an appropriation of a of a of a disorder, and they're kind of making it into anyone can be trans. Yeah. Well, okay, anyone can over there, but All over right, here you can't. Yeah. Oh, stay over there, underneath your <laughs> trans umbrella that keeps getting bigger. And <laughs> anyone and ever now, there's trans animals. I'm just like, what? or there's trans. What? Oh my god, you guys. Tra- what? Trans animals. There's no, also stop. there's also pediatrics trans. Can you even? get your head around that. The fact that there's gender, there's gender uh, affirming care, pediatrics gender affirming care. I'm like, you, you people are insane. (laughs) <laughs> Those two words should never even be put in the same... Totally
2: nuts. Yeah. Nuts. Yeah, like, like nuts. Were saying before, this stuff's going to come to a head. And, oh, yeah, it know, is. Like, it's going to create backlash against people well, like us. now we that's have right. You know, is got That's right. States. We have some
0: states going, you know, the route of Tennessee and Utah, where they're outlawing it for minors. Yeah, that's right. And then you have the opposite, where you have, like, California and now Vermont, Vermont which is the most yep. recent. They're yep. addressing these, like, trans-sanctuary laws, Gross. where basically if you the the short of it is if you are having you know a divorce disagreement with your wife and she wants to transition your son or your daughter she can abscond with the child to vermont or california crazy and the state will automatically side with her you know nothing else you know taken into account nothing
2: and this is what's happening it's even crazier like vermont's
0: even crazier because you can sue them back if they sue you you to stop you know so if if mom absconds oh with little Johnny to Vermont and wants to transition <laughs> little Johnny and dad is in Texas, their home state, and he yeah. sues in Texas, sues to yeah. stop the transition, yeah. she now has a, a right under Vermont state law to counter sue him for what they call, they created a new class of litigation called abusive legislation. <gasps> and this is the first time that they can, you, she has grounds under Vermont to sue oh him God. for him suing. It's crazy. It's very unconstitutional. (laughs) A
1: hundred percent. You know, I live in California and and I'm disgusted.
0: Yeah. It's, it's, it's just cuckoo bananas town. And Jeffrey Younger he's kind of in this situation. His wife absconded with their twin boys and one of the boys she's trying to transition. Right. And he no longer has any parental rights. Uh, They took all his parental rights away. And I've watched him, you know, he's gotten very radicalized because of this. Yeah. And it's it's very sad yeah. to see. It but is when somebody goes through a personal situation like that, when the state helps that's your right. crazy bitch ex-wife translation oh! child against your will. That's your child, that's the flesh of your That's home. right.
1: And there we go with the state now. The state is jumping into my personal business. Are you insane? You don't touch my kid. I will gnaw your legs and arms off if you come near my child. So that, that's the thing that's so gross, you guys. And as a parent, I'm disgusted that we're passing these types of laws. I, I talk to a lot of parents. They contact me constantly. Help me. You know, my kid says they're trans and they're 12. Oh, I'm like, well, oh my gosh. Yeah, totally. Cons every day. I just dealt with a person now and I'm deal- I deal with a lot of cool organizations. So I'm literally, have these great organizations to send them to to help them but i have i'm helping this one woman get her child back her the same story almost the exact same story great. and then and but the courts are, are keep ruling against her which is so shocking to me and now her child who was 13 doing this is now 15 saying oh no never mind i'm actually a girl and like the mom's like i told you yeah and you know it, it you guys it's so shocking that we have kids that if if kids were never in this who cares? Like, whatever. But, you know, kids, you guys are, we're talking about children who are going to be so insane when they get older. And they're going to be like, mark my words, you, you all know it. It's just going to become something so, like, what did we do to these children?
0: Well, it's like you said earlier, it feels like they're trying to create a divide between the generations, that they That's want right. this army of young sort of neo-communists right. that That's wrapped right. up in this critical race and this critical gender <clears throat> ideology that are so, you know, segregated uh. that they literally you know, could be deployed as foot soldiers, that they would be willing to use violence against the older generations. And this is what happened in China, and the Chinese immigrants are now all being like, hey, this is a big warning, this is a big warning. That's right
1: that's right is that called the four something
0: five four or five olds was what that's call? right it's
1: called like, the four olds old that's right that's right some...
0: i can't remember they're, they're doing the first.
1: exact same thing here that's exactly what they're doing and it's so sick that people but here's what they're doing and any any of these kind of weird culty organs they always get the kids they always get the young generation because they're fearful look at all the the trans rights or human rights these these little kids are like ah they're like maniacs they're, they're literally ideas. like
2: old ah. culture old customs
1: old yep patterns. that's it before right yep. yeah and that's they're right.
2: performing struggle sessions in the right. country now except the struggle sessions are now mostly being performed digitally that's where a lot of that happens is <sighs> wow. you get digitally dog piled on or you that's have right. your, your you know that's your right. job contacted by a whole ton of people saying you need to get rid of this person because they tweeted this or whatever and that's happening like to a lot of people uh, and then the job or the the employer will fire the employer or distance himself from them because they don't want to be wrapped up or tied to someone who's perceived as being transphobic or that's right the that they're being labeled right. by this this mob
1: no it's so crazy you know that they have something now called sensitivity readers i think it's called and they're starting to go through all the books you guys all the books dr seuss everyone and taking out language that is feels o- offensive i oh. <laughs> like My kid, I was telling my kid, and he's like, Dad, that's like putting clothes on a naked statue. I go, that's exactly right. (laughs) You got it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, imagine (laughs) we started covering up David.
1: Dude, sensitivity readers.
2: They're supposed to be the liberal ones too. Which is I know. Oh wow! You know they're, and Great then they're point. accusing us of banning <laughs> books because we don't want sexual material in, in public school libraries. Oh my god! So that's so not banning books. That was always a rule that you didn't. Have that was a, a rule. Material in schools. That's right. Books. That was a not rule. Not banning them. You could go buy the book somewhere else. Just it was not funny. have it in schools. That's I read
0: right. a story uh, this week about a lawsuit that was uh, finally got through the courts and it went through all the appeals and they eventually settled it in favor of the parents. And the parents had originally gotten kicked out of school board meetings because they were reading from the books that were in the library. And the school was like, no, 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 no. You can't read it here. Our policies are such that you can't read that indecent thing here. And they're like, this is in your school. My child <laughs> can get this book out of the library. I sure as hell can read it here. So the woman was kicked out and she got uh, I think it was Mama Bears was the group in Georgia I want to say they yeah. sued and yeah. they settled and eventually she was allowed to speak she was allowed to read the books awesome. and they basically had to admit that oops we were wrong uh, because it was a first amendment issue because that's when you right. go as a parent to talk to a school board you're you know complaining about something yeah. that's, that's right. you're complaining to your government representative <laughs> you have the right to do that You have a right to do
1: that. They're trying to take away our rights. It's so crazy, you guys. Like, I have the freedom. Don't you ever tell me not to say that. I will say whatever the fuck I want to say. I live in the United. I lived in. I lived in. in in Mexico for 10 years, okay? And it's like, real shit goes down there. I'm like, go live somewhere else and then come back and you tell me to shut up. Like, how dare you? Yeah, how dare you? I'm an American citizen and I'll say whatever I wanna say. And pregnant men don't exist and trans women don't get their period. So move (laughs) over.
0: (laughs) If you're bleeding what? from your neo vagina, you should probably see <laughs> the
2: adopted. Dude,
1: Dude this is where we are. No, like, They're literally here. here.
2: Uh, the last thing I guess I wanted to ask <laughs> Buck about is uh, you know, before we started filming. You mentioned that you're working on a book right now, um, yeah. I guess a memoir or a biography, yeah. perhaps. Tell us a bit about it. How far along are you? When do you expect that to? Come
1: out? Gosh, you know, I've been doing this book for five years, <laughs> okay. but you know, That's okay. it's okay. I bl- <laughs> Thank, Thank you. you. It's take a while to write, dude. I'm not a writer. I'm a speaker. So yeah. two different places, right? Yeah. But, but that being said. Um, I, I really always believe that timing is everything, and so I think if five years ago if I would have released my book, it would never be what it is going to be now. And I think it's the reason why the universe said, "Hold on, dude, you're you're just not ready here." So I found an amazing person to help me finish my book, and we're going, we're finished, we're doing it right now, we're hopefully being going to be able to get it out by this year hopefully probably near the fall but um i you know i just want you all to know that i've had a lot of pushback by publishers of course because i'm saying things that don't resonate with this new trans space so a lot of publishers are like "Ah, you're controversial and i'm like isn't that what sells books yes like duh (laughs) so i'm not worried about it because believe me i'm not worried about it and i know that there'll be somebody out there that will take my book on. I have a great literary agent and people are really pushing to get my voice out there. Very big people. So I don't necessarily think that it won't get published. I think it's just gonna be uh interesting who will publish it. Yeah. So yeah. And it's a, you know, it's my life story, which you will never believe. You'll know, be like, this didn't happen. No, I did this happen. That didn't happen. Like, it's Definitely crazy.
2: life. And
0: again, this I've is why people you really we should really respect our elders because yeah, they've been there. You guys have, you've had these crazy experiences. You've, you've yeah. been through things that most people yeah. won't be able to understand. Yeah. And so they should just listen, like, just, just passively absorb it. And, you know, think, form your own thoughts about it, but at least be willing to hear somebody out Mm -hmm. and see where they're coming from and reacting
2: emotionally, having a temper tantrum. I don't
1: understand why they push back on me. I really don't because, just because I have a different opinion. I'm like, you guys, I I grew up in a different space and I see things differently. My, I see things, I'm not, I'm not against the trans community. I'm actually for the trans community. I've fought for rights. I've gone all over the world and actually helped to change laws across the world. It's Mm -hmm. not that. And that's not what, so, some they're seeing something else they're seeing that i don't get in lockstep with them right they're seeing that i'm not going to say the same things they're saying and for some reason to them that's against them so the the radical
2: types very much want everyone to not only use proper pronouns and all this stuff they actually want us to in (laughs) our minds see them as exactly the sex that they are identifying and trying to appear as I and that's it what is. it comes down to when you just openly state, "I'm a biological female," and they don't like that. They
1: hate no, it. They, the they hate it. Yeah. They they say, "Are you are you detransitioning?" I say, "Why?" Because I'm talking about my actual real experience, yeah. which you're always talking about lived experience. That's you know they they say things that they don't follow through. diverse and inclusion bullshit. They're lying.
0: They're, they're lying. lying. They're lying. And they lie all the, My favorite phrase is they lie all the time about everything. You know? <laughs> it's they, so true. You, talk, you can, you can <laughs> hear the disingenuity yes. in, in their voice. Yeah. As soon as they start mocking, as soon as they throw a label out there, it's just That's right. such a dishonest vibe. You're like, da, 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 da. okay, you're either really dishonest or you're really immature.
1: <laughs> Both. <laughs> you know, th- th- you know, touch a little bit on J.K. Rowling. Same thing. They, they k- went. It's a witch hunt. So I, I, I refuse to be a part of that. She did not say anything. And also, I'm a biological female. I fought for female rights for pretty much half my life, and still do. So I want. I'm not going to get on board with a bunch of weird ass people because they're trans who are trying to take away away women's rights because they are. And trans women are not women. Hear me out, trans women are not women. They are trans women, deal with it. You're a biological man who wants to be a woman. Okay, excellent, do it. At least look like one and at least try to participate in the situation. No wonder people misgender you, you have a fucking beard and you're slinging your wiener around. Dude, yeah. that's not a lady, that's something else. So it pisses me off, you guys, because it's like we work hard to pa- pass, you know, and then they got a passing privilege. This is not a privilege. I work hard to look on this way and to be this way. And it's like, you know, these new this new generation, which I even hate saying that they're not trans. They're something else. They've co opted everything. It they makes don't you want feel to... like a trampaw. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, sit down. <laughs> no, no. These youngins, <laughs> that's, that's the generation energy we need.
0: Yeah. We need people to be yeah. like, no, that's it's right, BS. And y'all are not only harming yourselves, you're harming everyone else. That's right. That's and like, right. you're doing it in the name of the opposite. Just stop. That's stop. crazy. Well, you know, they're, they're attacking
1: gay people and that's gross and it's yeah, not okay. If it wasn't Twitter. for gay men, I wouldn't be here, you guys. If it wasn't for gay men. Yeah. Gay men helped me so much in the beginning of my transition. They took me to the gym. They were so into helping me move forward in my life. And so I will always be that. I'm loyal. I'm a loyal person that way. You helped me. I will continue to be part of that space. It's imp- gay men are important. Same-sex attraction is important. We can't. Cannot be acting like it doesn't exist. Anyway, yeah, well that, that's, that's
2: all what I was going to mention because, you know, you yeah. said they're erasing women's rights, but they're also erasing same-sex attraction and same-sex that's attraction right. rights. And, that's and right. a lot of, you know, I see a lot of this online. I haven't encountered it in real life, but I've read stories of people who have encountered it in real life. And mm-hmm. I see a lot of these stories on Twitter, but mm-hmm. gay men who are being shamed by trans men for not wanting to have sex with them because they're <laughs> sexual and they're not interested. They in- don't want a
1: vagina. They want a penis. Are you? Like, exactly. What yeah. is wrong with these guys? Yeah, so, you know...
2: Uh- <laughs> (laughs) Like genital preference, like I (laughs) reduce people to their genitals. Like we're not reducing you to your genitals. Your genitals have everything to do with sex. That's the point. So to be same sex attractive is to have the attraction to the same genitals. Genitals.
1: Dude, I dealt with that early on my porn, and you know, I I I did gay man porn, whatever you want to call it. I had a lot of admirers of gay men, but I never tricked them, and I never expected them. And I had a lot of guys who would show up and be like, "I can't do this." I'm like, "Right on, dude. Let's." You know, I I get it. seeing a vagina you're not seeing it's you're hardwired who
2: could do it were probably bisexual that's right they were there's no
1: doubt about it there's no doubt about it never did i force myself on any guy and that's why dudes were so cool with me you know what i mean it's like stop doing that these trans guys are insane they're actually insane
2: yeah, and the the trans women too are even more. Insane. Oh
1: God, dude! You know, I mean, don't get me started.
2: lesbians having sex with them when it's the same thing. Lesbians have no interest.
1: In that's right.
2: And also, and, if you have a uh, real uh, vagina, that's <laughs> not a real vagina. That they're not interested in that. They don't
1: want you. Like, get over it. And maybe you're fucking ugly, and you need to shave your beard off. Yeah, and then. It's probably- <laughs>
2: Buck, thank you so much for joining us. Right on. We do appreciate your voice and all thank of this. You. You know, and it's an important one. I think your perspective really, really is making an impact. People are thank paying you. attention. And because of your life experiences and the things that you've, you've gone through, it holds weight, the things that you talk about. Appreciate so we're glad to have you in the conversation. We're very happy that you're speaking out and protecting kids and all that stuff. Uh, we think it's you. awesome. You guys and are awesome. Thanks for chatting with us and sharing some of your insights and your life story. Um, remind everyone where they can find you online.
1: Oh, so Buck Angel everywhere, <laughs> like literally Twitter, watch out for Twitter really? and Instagram and whatever else. And there's my website and I'm easily accessible. Honestly, if anyone's struggling with a kid or anything like that, please reach out to me. I, I really do answer everybody. I, I, I'll i get to you. So it means a lot to me that you have me on the show, you guys. Thank you so much. I
2: appreciate your time and you you know talking to us everyone thank you for watching remember like comment share subscribe follow buck donate help us do this and follow buck and support buck's work and yeah thank you so much for watching we'll see you next time